but I'm sure if I looked at like the, my favorite albums, like every second song is always really good. I don't know if you're a baseball guy, but it's like this, the second hitter is almost always like one of the best hitters in the team. punk the podcast about punk rock and all of its friends my name is david my friend is aaron now today's episode is actually my conversation with art barrios of the band audio karate plays guitar sings vocals in the band do you sing vocals he's guitar and vocals i guess in the band uh now here's the thing audio karate since its earlier inception has been around for quite some time they took you know, a good chunk of time off, but this band is actually relatively new to me, even though, you know, their records were being released in the early 2000s and that kind of era of pop punk sort of stuff. But I was recently introduced to them with the singles coming off of their new album, which is out now. So if you want to go check it out, it's it's kind of a mixture. I mean, it, it's new music in the sense, but it's also old music. It's kind of some unreleased stuff. Uh, that you know maybe hasn't seen the light of day before. But this episode is me chatting with Art about his five favorite audio karate songs. You know, I figured I could do a discovering episode, but they've actually been around for a while. And as I kind of poked around, a lot of people knew about them, even though this was my first time hearing them rather recently. So before we get into it, let's get some housekeeping out of the way. Go follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Growing Punk Pod. You'll find the links to mine and uh, Aaron's personal Instagrams and Twitters there as well. Uh, You can join our Patreon where you get early access to episodes as well as bonus episodes of Radio Radio, which is, uh, if you haven't heard our Radio Radio episodes, it's basically me picking 11 songs or getting someone else to pick 11 songs and talking about the music and playing the songs. You know, it's kind of like a radio hour sort of thing. And uh, that's just two bucks a month if you want to join our Patreon. Two bucks a month gets you early access to the episodes as well as the bonus episodes of Radio Radio and maybe some other future bonus episodes as well. Uh, What else do I want to say? Um, I mean, I think that's about... Wherever you're listening to the show, make sure you rate it, review, share it with your friends. Uh, That kind of, you know, good stuff helps spread the word of the show. I'm not going to waste any more time. Let's get into this. This is my conversation with Art of Audio Karate. So, um, hey, thanks for being flexible and moving around. I'm, I moved the time around a couple times, but uh, yeah, no problem. No, actually, earlier was is always better because yeah. yeah, I work up a nine to five, so it's always oh, good. Yeah, fair. Yeah, no. Originally, I had I've got kids, and they were supposed to have a program that they were at tonight, and didn't get home till later. And then my wife's like, "No, they don't have anything tonight." I'm like, "Oh, well, maybe we can do this earlier then," because you're right, yeah. earlier is better. So, um, well, let's let's get in like going back to I guess the the beginning for yourself. Do you remember kind of the first? band song or album or whatever that got you into like into the world of punk music well for me it was like a it was like it was like a like a gate it was gateway band so it started with 
it started with kind of the grunge alternative movement. I'm 40, so we're going okay. back to the 90s here. <laughs> so um, it starts with, for me, like Rage Against the Machine uh, in sixth grade. Yeah. And then transitions into um, into grunge is really what broke for me in terms of punk rock and like so Nirvana mm. and Pearl Jam. And it kind of got into Green Day a little bit. And then at some point, some cool older brother or cousin was like, hey, that's cool. But, you know, have you ever heard the Buzzcocks? You know, have you ever right. heard Descendants okay, yeah. or Black Flag? And and back then it was mixtapes. So it was yeah. like, you know, we'd get these mixtapes of this, these really great bands. And and that was kind of it for me. So by by eighth grade, I was just full, full on just into punk rock. That's awesome. Uh, Rage Against the Machine, definitely one of my one of my all time favorites. Have you had the chance to have you seen them live? I did. I, I I was lucky enough to see them right before they broke up after the third record, the Battle of Los yeah. Angeles. I saw them at the Great Western Forum in, in Inglewood, Sick, which yeah. is where the Super Bowl is being held. Oh, right. Um, <laughs> and that was like a pretty mind blowing experience. I bet. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like I, uh, I, I had tickets to see. I still technically have tickets to see them. Uh, <laughs> they're supposed to come up here, and then obviously COVID happened, and so the show got postponed. And most recently, just a few weeks ago, it was postponed again. Like they keep putting it off. They haven't uh, canceled it to this point. So I'm right. kind of like a little bit hopeful, going like, okay, they still clearly want to do this tour. Right. We'll see if it happens at any point. But um, they're they are that one band, like I guess that white whale band for me, who I just haven't had the chance to see. And so when they you know announced that they got back together and they're doing this big tour and they were coming up here, I was like blown away. So I live in Edmonton, which is like. I mean, people would call it, I guess, northern Alberta in Canada. It's definitely a lot more central. There's a whole lot of north in Canada that's not a lot of people. But, um, but like for bands, some bands to come up here like that, it, it always blows my mind a little bit because it's it's kind of out of the way. But uh, what what made you want to pick up an instrument, I guess, in the first place and and start writing songs? I feel like uh, right around that time, as I was, I was. I think I started to realize that I was probably more into music than like, oh, sorry, I have a dog. Hold on. <laughs> so do I. It's all good. Let me, uh, hold on. Let me grab her. Hold on. Yeah. Sorry. <clears throat> Stay right there. Okay. Hopefully she settles down. Okay. What, what kind of dog is it? It's a, it's a Morky. It's a Maltese and a Yorkie. So she's okay. like, really feisty that's awesome. <laughs> she's, uh, she's kind of a wild card yeah <laughs> i really funny. know what gets in her <laughs> okay so um so yeah going back to the the music that got me into everything mm. i think i realized pretty early on that i was pretty into that music more so than the average person so i, I think it was only a matter of time i needed a catalyst essentially and the catalyst that got me into playing guitar was actually the first incarnation of what audio karate was, which was this, okay. this little punk band called the goons. I wasn't in that band. I, I, I grew up with these guys. We were all in junior high together. Gotcha. So they were already playing around, I think around seventh grade. And I heard them over the phone, like them just play. And I was mm. so annoyed that I wasn't in that band <laughs> that I think within months, I, I convinced my mom to like buy me a guitar and I immediately just picked it up. That's funny. Cause so that that was actually going to be my my next question was how the band originally came together. But so they were they were together before you joined the band then, but under a different name, right? So the drummer and the uh, bass player are like childhood friends, like going back to kindergarten. Right. And sometime probably around sixth grade, they start jamming together. 
And yeah, they were like the, you know, the, the band in junior high that was actually jamming. And um, yeah, by the time I heard them to me as a kid, like they were just the coolest thing ever. I couldn't believe how good they sounded. Like, right. I, I think I could already make the distinction between, you know, like a band that's kind of a bunch of kids and like sure, a yeah. band that sounds like a band, like they could play like the Gabe was already a, like a, a drummer. Like he yeah. was already playing and like, I'm like, holy crap. And I'm like, okay, I need to do whatever I have to do to to be in this band somehow. So how much did you have to pester them to let you into the band? It's uh, at the time when I finally had the nerve to say, hey, I'm going to be, in, I want to be in your band. My friend was their guitarist. Okay. And even though he was my friend, I sort of knew already that he wasn't a very good guitarist. <laughs> so I actually tried to get him fired. Like I called oh. Gabe, the drummer on the phone. I'm like, hey, you should fire Nick. <laughs> and you should just get me in the band. And to it his works. credit, yeah, K- Gabe was was smart enough or nice enough to be like, well, we don't really want to fire Nick. He's our buddy and everything. That's kind yeah. of mean. Why don't you just join his lead guitar and we'll have two guitarists? Right. I'm like, oh, yeah. okay, that's that's a better idea than that's what I That's a had. thing? I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? Like, it was like, oh, okay, yeah, I guess that, that makes sense. I mean, to be fair, a lot of the bands that you brought up that kind of introduced you to that world only had one guitar player like nirvana just the one guitar i mean i guess pat eventually joins the band but like right as core green day just billy joe rage against the machine even just tom playing guitar so it's like a lot of right bands, yeah and yeah. you don't you don't have a lot of visual reference at that yeah. age you know because this is before youtube and even mtv you know so you didn't really have a to me you heard guitar on a record and was like well there's, there's only like one guy or sure, girl yeah. doing that right yeah, yeah so surely you don't need two people to do that yeah exactly do you what was uh this just kind of came to mind what do you remember like the first show that you got to that really like impacted you and you went you know i i want to either do this like play in a band or just keep going to shows um the first real show i went to was i think in ninth grade and we actually were lucky enough to see descendants Mm. uh at the whiskey a go-go in la yeah that was the first proper show i had uh went to um and that was a pretty mind-blowing experience afi opened they were like nobody back then right that's cool um and then after that we were lucky enough as a local band that there was a built-in scene yeah. in that, in that part of East Los Angeles that was, um, that was pretty like, it was like, you know, any show that at backyard party that happened four or 500 people were going to show up. So we immediately had an audience and, and were able to just kind of, you know, plug into that, into that system. And I think, I think we lost, I don't know if you're, what happened there? Uh, there you oh, go. There you go. Hey, cool. <laughs> I don't know what happened there. Sorry. What were you? What were you saying there about being uh, a local band and kind of a scene to plug into? Oh yeah, that we were just immediately plugged into this local scene that was already kind of you know up and running and was just like fully functional thing. So yeah. we immediately had an audience. We immediately were just received as just okay. Yeah, these guys are 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 in the scene now. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Um, let's get into. So I had you bring five songs from yeah. the audio karate library, as it were, and I thought real quick I could share. So my introduction to you guys actually literally just happened. Um, okay. So I we started doing like weekly playlists, just updating with you know like new singles that have come out and stuff. And so you guys just released a single. It's a few weeks ago now. By the time this comes out, it'll be 
even before that. But right. uh, was it the song "Lovely Residence"? Is that what? That's just, correct. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Um, I'll say I have the music video up here. I'm like, I think that was it. But um, so I I don't remember where I heard the name from, like where it got recommended. But I checked it out. Thought, oh man, this is really good. <laughs> and then I couldn't help but laugh because I I shared it as part of our playlist. And then people are like, oh man. I love audio karate and I look into it and it turns out you guys have been around for quite some time. And I was like, how did I, how did I, and it's not even like you got, you know, we're just like a band playing in your local scene necessarily. Like you did some pretty big tours over the years as I looked into it with some, you know, pretty established bands. Um, but for whatever reason for myself, this was my first kind of dive into your music. And so uh, when, I, I don't know if it was you personally that reached out or someone else from the band via the Instagram kind of set up the whole thing i was like all right well let's do this so uh, i've been looking forward to it because it's been a little bit of a revelation i think in getting to discover you guys now which well, is always yeah. a weird thing the, no but that's cool and that was that was sort of the the hope or the yeah the hope that hey like i think some people just didn't for whatever reason just didn't uh didn't listen to us back when we were around and mm-hmm. this is kind of a chance for those people to now kind of get it a chance to listen to us and judge for themselves whether they want to like us or not. And, you know. Yeah. So I figured we'd go through the songs kind of in the order they would have been released. Um, sure. And then I guess s- sort of, there is a caveat to that, I guess, now that I think about it. But uh, so we're going to start with uh, the song Party at the Lexington Queen.
off of uh, the album Lady Melody, which came out, was that 2004 that one came out? Yes, it was. So quite some time ago. And this is this has been definitely the bulk of my, I guess, audio karate listening has been this record because um, I don't know if when I went on Apple Music, if it was the one that kind of had the highest number of like, you know, your top songs or whatever on Apple Music. So I was like, oh, I'll check that album out. Right. And what I love about this record, and we'll get into the songs in a minute, but is how well... I guess it just, I guess how good the songs are in general, because I can all of a sudden get halfway or, or past that halfway mark in the album and just be like, holy shit, like this is still really good. You know, some albums, they kind of like, they start, they're a little top heavy and then there's a, a lull and then maybe they come through at the end or whatever. But with this record, it's a pure joy to listen to because all of a sudden I'll be so far into the record going, man, each song after the other is just so well crafted in one way or another. So um, it was it was a lot of fun kind of getting to listen to this record. And when I said earlier, it's a little weird to kind of have that sort of revelation, you know, 18 years later after an album's <laughs> been released, because I just had this discussion with a friend going, you know, sometimes there's bands, and I guess this is just the case in general, but where there, you know, someone will tell you, oh, I love this band. And, you know, maybe they're still releasing music and you go check them out. It's kind of like, yeah, it's fine. But it's really like, you got to get into it at a certain point in time, you know? Right. And and I find that happens a lot when going back and listening to music. I'm like, yeah, okay, that was probably great at the time, but now I'm like onto something else or whatever. But with this album, even though it's 18 years old or close to it, um, it still feels very fresh, and it still feels like you could have written and released it today. Um, so I think that's that's pretty awesome. But uh, let's get into let's get into the song itself, "Party at the Lexington Queen." What made you pick this song as one of uh, your five? Um, I, I think in terms of the record, I, I'm a sucker for like this. So we're talking about like song order and stuff like that and yeah. how like, you know, albums I've always liked the second song of a record. I can't think of any <laughs> specific, I, but I'm sure if I looked at like the, my favorite albums, like every second song is always really good. I don't know yeah. if you're a baseball guy, but yeah. it's like this, the second hitter is almost always like one of the best hitters in the sure. team. Yeah. So I, I feel like that's what party of the Lexington queen was for us. Like yeah. it's not, it's not our opener. It's not like our flagship song, but it's like the deep cut that's going to be cool that our fans are going to be into. Right. Um, and the song for me just has personal meaning. So the reference party to Lexington Queen, which really has nothing to do with the song, actually. Mm-hmm. The Lexington Queen is actually a, a nightclub in Tokyo, uh, mm-hmm. Japan. It's in a, uh, I think it's called, they refer to them as districts called Rapungi. Okay, and yeah. the first time we went to Tokyo, we got invited to the Lexington Queen and like had like the like night of our lives, basically. Right. Um, we like I won't name the other bands that were there, but we <laughs> <Come> basically <on>. <laughs> we basically just had like the night of our lives. And at the time, I was sort of in a back and forth with this girl that we were at one point romantic, mm-hmm. but it was kind of back and forth. And as my life was kind of starting to go in this direction, all of a sudden she was kind of having a pivot and saying, well, you know, maybe we should get serious. And so this is in a sense, sort of my fuck you to her and saying, (laughs) I'm going to go party at the Lexington queen. This is not going to work out. Yeah. As, as far as like musically, this song, I really like the whole, I guess, emphasis on like the downbeat sort of thing that's going on. Yeah, in the verses, and then how though, like for most of the songs, so you, so you've got like the, the bam bam bam, you know, going on, and then it kind of, 
maintains that but alters it a little bit going into the courses but what i really like is how it kind of sets up i guess the bridge of the song if you want to call it yeah i guess it'd be the bridge where then it just really opens up yeah yeah the song has a cool kind of thing to it where it's got this really like staccato really kind of odd kind of verse the chorus is kind of a reprieve and then everything kind of does build up to this kind of outro vamp where you do kind of get this kind of resolve like coda kind of part so yeah, I've always dug that about, about this. It came about very organically, but once we kind of looked at it, I'm like, oh, this is this is kind of cool. Like, I don't know that we would have written this. Um, it, we wouldn't have like thought this out. This came out just like in just jamming it out. You know what right. I mean? Yeah, and it's also one of those songs, if I'm if I'm remembering correctly, where I love a song that has a good, just like solid end. You know, some songs will fade out and there's a purpose to that. Sometimes it's, you know, bands maybe not knowing how to finish a song or they just want something to get stuck in your head. But what I love about this song is just how it all just comes to all of you at the same time. Just like, bam, okay, we're done. You know, it's like, it's very, it's very, very thought out and planned out. And I think that's, that's pretty awesome. Um, Yeah, no, this is, I, I like, I like your point about the second song, the second hitter. So uh, are you a Dodgers fan? Are you a, an Angels? I am a Dodgers fan. Dodgers, Dodgers fan. fan yeah. So you've yeah. had some good years recently, then. <laughs> we have had some good years. It was tough last year, but at least we got one World Series. I know that there's yeah. an asterisk with it because it was COVID. Whatever. Right. Yeah. Ask any LA Dodger fan, and they don't think of it that way. No. Well, that's okay. So that is that's a, an interesting point because I mean, being in Canada, I mean, baseball. I love the Blue Jays. Um, you know, watch watch a bunch of Blue Jays baseball. Baseball is probably my, like my favorite sport to attend live oh yeah um, it's, I just it's love the it. best yeah I, yeah I worked with a baseball team for a number of years actually so i got to oh take nice it. yeah but um but up here it's funny because like hockey obviously is a big thing right right and so that year there's there's i guess really two years that affected hockey because you had initially when covid shut down they came back in the summer and they did their playoffs and then last season it was you know Canadian teams were only playing in Canada and then American teams are, you know, it's all very weird, but nobody, right. everyone thought, oh, you know, you, you get people say, well, those COVID years, they won't count. But I don't think anybody, when the season was going, actually thought that. They just want their team to win. Right? They just so, wanted, and we just wanted to watch baseball yeah, or hockey, right? We were sure. just happy to have it. Yeah, 100%, 100%. So um, let's move into the next, uh, the next song off this record and probably the one that really caught my ear the most, I guess you could say, and that would be the song Catch and Release.
Yes. And this one, I think, is an excellent example of, you know, kind of what I said earlier, where, because I, I don't know, this song might sit right in the middle of the record. But, I believe so. I think it's song six or seven, if memory yeah. serves. And so it's it's like a prime example of getting there and all of a sudden be like, man, this song is so good. And here we are, we're, we're you know, we're no longer, you know, like I said, some bands will like hit those top heavy bangers right off the top. And they're like, okay. Let's see where we go from here. But this record, I think, carries through. And this just being one of those songs that's in the middle and it's so good. And I kind of, <laughs> the first time I heard the song, I was like, is this going to be a ska song? <laughs> oh, yeah. The kind of upbeat, kind of, well, yeah, like, kind of on the verse. And the, the intro, like with the organ kind of sort of swelling in a little bit. And it feels like it's going to go into a bit of a ska song. It does have a bit of, I guess, maybe like, um, like a swing sort of to the guitar. Sure. Uh, it's not a ska song, but the first time I heard it, I thought that might be where where we were headed. And it it takes a little bit to get to the actual first chorus, but mm-hmm. cause I think you do two verses maybe before the chorus or whatever it is. But when you get to that chorus, holy crap, is it such a catchy chorus? And I mean, obviously the lyrics are very much in your face. Like you've got a specific line in that song that is like, yeah, makes you makes you pay attention, <laughs> right? If you know what I'm saying. So. Why don't you tell me why why did you pick this song as one of your favorites? Um Yeah, well I mean it, the chorus is a bit jarring and and I <laughs> I I you know it probably didn't age well. But that's fine. Um So this song was you know it's it's funny cuz yeah like you talk about the verse and then the chorus being such a kind of a a, a pivot or just this kind of change. The song is actually pretty hodgepodge. Um I had been sitting on that chorus for like a year i just had the melody in my head but just didn't find a home for it and i always pictured that chorus would kind of follow along with more of sort of an upbeat or kind of anthemic kind of song as a whole Mm -hmm. um but we started kind of coming up we had the verse like we had come up with that verse and um hold on sorry man (laughs) hold on i'll get back i love it Okay. My there you go cool just i don't know i'll say this will be the beauty of editing though <laughs> yeah okay awesome yeah so so yeah we were we were tinkering with the verse and um yeah and, and i it, as we were playing it, i'm like oh this is kind of a left turn but i wonder if that chorus i've had in my head for the last year will work and then it mm. did as soon as we plugged it in i'm like it's a total it's a pivot in the song but it kind of weirdly works yeah like yeah. and so this song was basically just kind of mushed together from pieces of other songs that we had kind of had been working on. Yeah. Do you guys play this song live? We play it every yeah every time, and like for our fans, it like yeah, it always kind of kills. Yeah, like again, that chorus is very singable. Uh, is it? Have you had? Because you said you're not sure if that line aged well. Uh, <laughs> have you ever had like the thought of changing it or anything? Because it is one of those lines where. Sure. When it comes up, I was like, it catches your ear. Like, oh, I won't mm-hmm. fuck the girls you I wanted. Yeah, I won't fuck the girls yeah. I wanted to, or something like that. Yeah. Um, it's like, I mean, that's fair because it seems to be a song that's you know about someone trying to figure out if they want to settle down or not. Is that accurate? Yeah, it, yeah, and that it, it, and that's why I kind of just stand by it because yeah. that's how I felt at the time, and that was what was going on with my life. I was in a in a relationship that was kind of off and on, and mm-hmm. I was struggling with, you know, the 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 trials and tribulations of being a young kid in a band and having, you know, people pay attention to you. And that was tough for me in terms of an adjustment. And 
I didn't have the maturity to sort of know how to deal with it. So I was, you know, I was putting it on paper in terms of how I was feeling. And well, I mean, as a line, it sounds like it could come out of a book, out of a movie. Like, it's just it's a very, I guess, here it is line. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And and sometimes I think that is the best form of of songwriting, of lyricism is literally just the here's what's on my mind. I don't have to dress it up with any metaphors. I don't have to. I mean, maybe it does rhyme. I can't remember if lyrically it rhymes with the line. I don't know. I think it kind of rhymes, yeah. But I think a a critic said that they regarded it as rough poetry. (laughs) (laughs) That was pretty apt. Yeah, I was thinking maybe maybe that's... I'm curious if that critic was was saying that as like a compliment or if they were, you know, criticizing you over it. But I like it. It's, again, you know, it's, it's not necessarily a line where I'm like, oh, I can 100% relate with that necessarily, but just how, I guess, bold and in your face it is and super fucking catchy. <laughs> That's the key. <laughs> that is the key. Um, is is this, now you don't have to answer this, I guess, if you don't want to. Is this the same girl that uh, Party at the Lexington Queen was about or no? It is not. Okay. Hence, you can you can see where um, all right. the problems I had as a young guy. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> Let's move on then uh, to the next song that you brought. Uh, this is funny. Um, I'm not sure if you're aware of this, but we'll get into it. The song is called Bounce.
it, it's from the album. How do I say that? Is it Malo? Malo. Yeah. Malo. Okay. Malo, which essentially means bad or ill in Spanish. Okay. It released in 2019 uh, is when that. So first and foremost, 15 years or so between your records. So what was what's the story there? I guess for for those sure. who maybe are unaware. Sure. So. So that the the songs from Malo were actually recorded in 2006 and 2007. So we actually didn't record those songs in 2019 or 2018. We were working on our third record as Audio Karate, and right around that time, the band fizzled. Okay. Um, so we essentially had all these songs recorded. The band breaks up. We go our separate ways. I ended up doing something else, blah, blah, blah. And when we decided to reunite, I had never given those songs that were recorded on what was going to be our third record really a second thought. I would sometimes think about them, but it was like, mm-hmm. well, they weren't done. Like they were still unfinished tracks. Yeah. And then Jason, our guitarist, who's kind of the businessman of, of the band kind of all calls us in. He's like, check this out. You guys are going to like trip out. And he puts bounce on and it's fully mixed. Like in what you basically hear now. Yeah. And I was like, what the, f- where did this come from? He's like, we, I unearthed, I like dug up the tracks and found them and put them into Pro Tools and mixed them. And it sounds pretty decent. And I was like, really? We did this? Like, I thought that we were like 50% of the way. But it's amazing what computers can do. Um, (laughs) So based off that, we sort of kind of looked at all the tracks and realized that we essentially have a third record here that we can release and that's the story of Malo. So we ended up re-releasing it. So it's old. It's from 06. Yeah. So did that did that bring the band back together and get playing again? Or was that even kind of something that was a little further down the line or it before? came a little further down the line? Yeah. We, we were approached by a, a label called wiretap records yeah. about releasing our first record on vinyl. And he asked uh, Rob, you know, would you guys be into playing shows to kind of support this? And right before that, the band had all been in the same room together and it had been like 10 years since we had done that. Yeah. Um, another band of mine was going to play riot fest and we had asked our guitarist who i hadn't talked to in a few years to fill in as bass player because we had a bass player our bass player had like a work issue long story short that combination of just all being together in a room and then being asked to release vinyl is what prompted the reunion cool cool so with this album too um it seems like you've got it seems to feature more varied influences music sure um there are some moments where i'd be listening and going like oh there's whether it's uh I can't remember if it's actually a choir vocal or if it's an effect on your vocals that kind of sounds but it, anyway it reminds me a little bit of like a Rolling Stones sort of vibe and then the Beatles at times obviously all mixed in with sort of the audio karate sound what what were some of the you know musically what were some of the things that were influencing your writing at that time Gosh, that's a good question. I'd, I'd have to go back to those days to Let's remember. Let's go back 16 um, years. <laughs> I think I had always wanted to do stuff like that. Like, I, I think, you know, I listened back to our first record, which is, this, you know, essentially, was just, it's essentially a pop punk record yeah. of a bunch of young guys who are just starting to get into, like, Get Up Kids and Jimmy World. Sure. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's yeah. just starting to happen. And it's, it's, it's influencing our sound kind of in real time at that moment. And you start to kind of get a little older and you start to look at stuff and what you like and the music that you really love. And that kind of stands the test of time. And I was like, well, yeah, I don't want to necessarily just do punk rock. You know, I, I kind of want to do other stuff. And so mm-hmm. I think that that third record is, is us really starting to sort of think about 
music in a broader sense and like, yeah. hey, why, why can't we have organ or yeah, why can't we have choir vocals or right. why yeah. does every song have to be super fast? Like, right. let's I, play with textures and mess around. Going back to, I guess, what I said a little bit earlier and kind of tying in with your comment that you just made about, you know, the first record being a band that sounded like they were just getting into the Get Up Kids and Jimmy World and stuff like that. I think one thing I really appreciate about um, the album before this that we're just talking about with Lady Melody is that Mm -hmm. you definitely have at that at that moment in time, musically anyway, you guys definitely had like that pop punk sort of influence to your sound, but then incorporating vocally at times vocals that are a little more, I guess, gruff, screamy sort of thing, which Mm -hmm. I think has become more of a thing now in like the pop punk world, not necessarily going like the route of say like easy core bands that are, you know, that, that heavier side. But when I think of bands like, um, you know, like the wonder years or, or I guess older real friends, they recently changed vocalists, but like bringing in kind of some of those elements where it's like, yeah, we're writing pop punk songs, but our vocals aren't that, you know, necessarily that nasal whiny right kind of classic pop punk voice. We're a little more influenced by, I guess maybe like, emo post-hardcore bands and so it's kind of this like neat sort of thing but so to hear that in your guys's music which i don't know if that's what the influence was but the fact that it came out so many years ago now to hear it going yeah it feels like it could have been released within just the past couple of years and then the progression in sound with the album you know that follows i i just think it's it's it it really it I said it earlier. It feels like it could come out. It could come out now. The song "Bounce" itself. I was saying a moment earlier that something was kind of funny. I don't know if you've ever tried looking up the lyrics for this song online. No, and I would. <laughs> I'd be embarrassed to do it, and I can. I can tell you why. But yeah, go ahead. <laughs> um, well, okay. So you're you're not going to find them for one thing. You won't find them. They don't exist. Yeah. Not but, not on the record, and not in real life. <laughs> yeah. So when you but when you look up audio karate bounce lyrics. I don't know what the song is. Um, I'm going to bring it up real quick. <laughs> I don't, they are, uh, they're something else. It must be another song called Bounce, but I could not find it. Yeah, but, yeah, you won't find it. <laughs> the first time so, I was like, I was, no, I mean, I couldn't find what song, what Bounce this song actually is. Um, but the first time I was listening on my phone, you know, I opened up the lyrics on Apple Music. And I was like, what the hell is this? <laughs> The, the, the first oh, I think I have seen that. I think I know what you're talking about. The first line is like, bounce, I want to see your titties on work. I'm like, what, is, <laughs> nice. what has happened? This band has changed from one record to the next. And then, <laughs> I mean, it only gets worse from there. Um, but so that's that's kind of funny. But but I know before the song even started playing, I opened it and I was like looking at the lyrics. I'm like, what is, what? <laughs> I was so confused. So I was, yeah. I was more than happy to find out that those lyrics are just wrong from some other song um, right but what is it about your song bounce that made you pick it um going back to the whole i love a second song i do love a good first song um <laughs> I, I mean yeah it's it's yeah it's the first it's like it's it's like a it's like a baseball lineup you know what i mean yeah, yeah. um <laughs> so i love an, a good opener and when we were thinking about the record and we had this collection of songs we're like, well, what's the opener? And we're going back and forth. And I think I was the one like, we should, we should do bounce. It's, it's the most like, we're not fucking around song. Mm-hmm. If, I mean, it's obviously not bleed American from Jimmy world, but you know how bleed, right. I don't know if you ever heard it. Ble- the song bleed American is like yeah. the opener. It's their most aggressive, like balls to the wall song yeah. on the record. Yeah. That's our bleed American. Like we're, we're, or coming out firing yeah. and we're not fucking around. Yeah. 
That's that's awesome. And it I just could not for the longest time get past the misprint of lyrics. I wonder how that happens. Well, I and I also think people don't know what the lyrics are because there's technically no lyrics. Right. I'm mumbling basically the whole song. There are real no there's no it's all phonetics. Again, right. the, the the album is technically incomplete. I just sung that's basically me doing one take. Oh man. And I, me just saying, Hey, we're recording. And then we never finished the record. So what you hear is essentially me kind of scatting and phonetics. <laughs> and I have a finished chorus. And that's about it. Everything is just kind of mumbly. That's amazing. I'm going to have to go back and listen to it from, from that perspective. Knowing Don't that. listen too hard. <laughs> <laughs> no, but now it's going to be... You know, some sometimes... I, like, I've heard stories like that before where, you know, like the the unfinished lyrics making it into the song sort of thing. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There was... Uh, I don't remember the song now. It's been years since I heard it. But you know Jack Johnson? Sure. He has one song off one of his earlier records and like the it's like a chorus or a bridge or anyways. It's the part it's like ba 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 da 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 and he like mm-hmm. does this whole thing which I learned after hearing it that oh that was totally he meant to write lyrics. He meant to write lyrics, right? Either he never got around to it or the producer was like no, keep that in. Like that's, that's kind of fun and yeah. Yeah. So it's like it's kind of funny. That's that's hilarious. Now I want to go back and listen uh to, to your version of bounce, but maybe maybe we can put these unofficial official lyrics to it. I don't know. It's possible. It might match. It's better. It's it's as good as a match as what anything that anyone well, else could come up with. And I guess what I'm just so curious about is because it'd be one thing if on, I mean, unless Apple Music is getting their, they must be getting their lyrics maybe from like Genius.com or something, because I don't know who would put it in. So Apple Music's got these wrong lyrics, and then they're also on different websites. But it's. Anyway, it's just kind of funny. And if you're ever looking for inspiration for lyrics in the future, don't look there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> let's move on to the next one, which is uh, the song Landing.
interesting because you've gone with the opener and now you've gone with the closer. Closer. Love um, a good closer. <laughs> right. And it's a very different sounding audio karate kind of going back to, I guess what I said earlier, where the, the, the influences seem to be varied a little bit, takes on a bit of a spacier feeling, I guess you could say. Right. Yeah. It's, it's kind of a, a kind of a slow burn, kind of a, a, a dreamy song. Yeah. And is that, that's you singing on it? Cause it is. Yeah. Which okay. a lot of people ask. I think they're usually yeah. surprised. Like, wait, the same guy who's like yelling and blowing right. his voice out can, can, can sing, sing a falsetto. falsetto yeah so like that's what that's what's kind of really neat about it too is yeah there's a very different turn so i guess what was the inspiration can you remember what the inspiration was for this song and that sound no i i really can't um i remember when we were coming up with it i was like oh this is this is a departure for us right and i don't think i'd ever done a falsetto so i think it's the first time i ever even tried i think it's the first time i ever even went into that kind of high head kind of singing yeah. So it was pretty interesting to sort of try that. Um, I can't remember exactly what it was that inspired that song, but I just remember walking away from like, oh, that's that's pretty cool that we I didn't think we could do that kind of song. Right. At, the very, at the very least, whether you like it or not, to me, it's like cool that we were just able to take a risk and do something mm. kind of different for yeah. us. You know what I mean, so is that the reason you ended up picking the song here? Or is there? I think so. There? Yeah. Like I look and I think a lot of our. I, I listen, obviously, you'll never be able to listen to your music objectively. Right. Um, but at the very least, I can listen to my own music and I usually find what's the less, what's less sort of abrasive I always end up enjoying of our right. music. And that is probably our, one of our least abrasive songs. So I always, when I rarely listen to my music, which is usually when I'm high, um, <laughs> I tend to kind of put in landing. I just kind of like getting lost in it a little bit and I yeah. can for a brief moment be objective about the music. Right. And does this song actually have official lyrics to it? Did you finish this one? Sort of. There's it's again, it's sort of some stuff is there. I think the verses I want to say are clear. There's lyrics there. Yeah, I think the chorus just gets a little funny so in what... terms of just yeah. I mean, I guess it's because that's something that's kind of interesting. So this album, you record it years ago and you come back to it however many years later and go, oh, there's actually something here. So was there ever a thought, though, to go in? Like, did you end up adding anything to the record afterwards or was it then just mixed and released? A few things got added, but very little. I didn't do any vocals. I think I just, no, I did one part like a like a bridge where right. for some reason something got screwy with the vocal and i had to go in and if you listen to it it's it's pretty bad like the way it got mixed not bad but it's just right. really hard to like match it you know what i mean yeah so we ended up having to really um uh put a lot of effect on the vocal so that it would kind of like hey this is an affected part right like this right. isn't the actual yeah, yeah. vocal because a real vocal would have just sounded out of place but for the most part, no, I believe we might have retracted a guitar or two, but for the most part, what you're hearing is what we recorded in 06. Like, did you ever think of, I guess, with some of these songs, especially that weren't finished lyrically, like going back in and finishing them for and redoing the vocals? Or was it just like, ah, let's get it you out? You know, honestly, no. Like, I didn't think, I, I, at some point, at some point I walked away from music and sort of walked away from audio karate. Eventually, I came back to music in, in a different way through another band, and I'm, I do other stuff and projects, whatever. But um, mm. no, even reuniting, it wasn't even like I had kind of forgotten about it. Honestly, when Jason brought it to us, he had the smart idea to be like, hey, let, we, this is, there's something here. Um, I was shocked when I heard it. I was like, right. oh, my God, like this, uh, this kind of sounds finished. 
Yeah. I, and I think just in my head, I thought, well, we were like 35% of the way of the record. It's, it's nowhere near 100%. Right. And it turns out we were closer to probably about 70%. There you go. Well, that's pretty rad, though. Um, yeah. So the last song that you brought is called Do You Miss Meaning Everything to Me? to do 
so from what I can kind of gather, was this originally released in 2000 on a self-titled album? It was, yes. You've done your research. Well, I just well, I just came across this. I was looking for it because uh, I think when we were discussing, you had mentioned something about like your first kind of official album, um, which I had the title down and then I deleted it because I was Space Camp, it. yeah. Space Camp. I was like, something to do with space. Um, yeah. But so, and then I was like, oh, I can't find it on there. But it is on the new-ish record that's, I don't know when this episode's coming out, so it may be out by the time this comes out. But um, it's also on that. But then this version, you wanted to do a live acoustic version. So there's kind of this stuff going on. So I guess... First and foremost, our band the, makes no sense. Okay, it's perfect. so it's, just... it's perfect. So first and foremost, why why specifically the acoustic version that you uh, sent me? Um, it's a good question. Um, I think again, our band has always been pretty kind of balls to the wall, kind of hitting you kind of hard because that's just the way we like to kind of do it. Right. And I think I want to say that's one of the very first songs that I actually tried doing stripped down with a piano, which I had never really done a lot of stuff with piano until I, we recorded that song. So it was the first song I had ever done stripped down and quiet. And I thought, Oh, you know, when you put all the, you know, take all the guitars and all the noise away, there's, there's like a song there. It's still mm-hmm. a song. Um, and uh, yeah, I just can't help but think about that kid who wrote that song. Cause I'm just right. such a completely different person I mean, I was a completely different person. I mean, I went from that kid who like hard on sleeve, who was genuinely like into this girl and was like willing to do whatever to like two years later. That's party to Lexington Queens, the same girl. Okay, interesting. <laughs> so okay. I had kind of come full circle with this person. Yeah. To yeah. like being completely devoted to like, nah, yeah, I'm going to go. I'm going to go do some other stuff because you're actually kind of toxic and not good for me. Right. Um, <laughs> so. Yeah, I just think about that. So it puts me in a certain place in my life that I know will like I'll never be that person again. But it's like it's just it's it's in a canon now. You know what I mean? It just mm-hmm. exists in this little snippet of time. And I think that in its purest form, quieter to me sounds like almost like it should have always been that way. Cool. So how old would you have been when you wrote this song? Gosh, I was like seventeen. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, and so why? I guess then is why, why include it on? So the new album, that's the new ish album. It's called, is it Otra? Is that how I say it? I Otra, yeah. Otra, so yeah. I don't speak Spanish. So I'm, I'm assuming right. it's Spanish. Um, yeah. So actually, what does that mean? First, because you told us. Otra means like, like, like another basically, okay. or yeah. yeah, like more. Yeah. Gotcha. So it's our saying here is it more, it's another, another record. Right. So, cause, cause I guess the idea of the record is it's rarities, B sides, sort mm-hmm. of thing. Yeah. Yeah. So why then, if this one was on an album, is it like why bring it back on this one or is it because like that's no longer in print sort of thing and you can't find no so so again so well so the the self-title that you're referencing we we call it it's sort of become called the paper bag demo Mm -hmm. it was our first release but it was basically demos it was like the first thing like you know your shitty band releases that you don't think is going to do anything and then turns out it ends up (laughs) being kind of a cool thing right so it was never on an album and then so when we got to recording space camp our first record we did record it for the album gotcha for whatever reason um i should just tell you the reason i don't care (laughs) our 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 producer suggested that we change the chorus the chorus was actually originally in halftime if you listen to the self-titled version okay yeah and the chorus on space camp is more of like a bounce kind of like i think he was even saying 
you know, kids are going to pogo to this song. Right. And we should have said no and just said, no, we know what serves our song best, but we like caved in. Yeah. And I think when we all listened to it, we just didn't like it. Like, it's gotcha. just like, no, we shouldn't have changed it. It didn't quite work. So we, sh- we shelved it and it ended up not making it onto Space Camp. Yeah. So now it's getting the light of day. Uh, the cool thing about the stuff from Space Camp and what you hear in Do You Miss is going back to that record. We originally had it remixed and we thought it was a good call. Mm-hmm. And the producer and engineer were not very happy, um, rightfully so. And so now what you're hearing is the original mix that the engineer and producer came up with. Gotcha. And so we're essentially like retroactively apologizing um, <laughs> by honoring their original mix, right, which no right. one has heard before. So what you're hearing is the original mix, basically. Yeah, that's cool. So um, with the release of this album, is there a plan for, for anything in the future? Or is this kind of, you know, just getting some of that stuff that was hanging around out there? Yeah, I mean... Uh, J- uh, Jason, our guitarist, has talked about this, and I, I'm I'm in agreement with him that uh, uh, some of our favorite bands, um, and this is kind of a punk rock thing, it's kind of an indie thing, but many of the bands that we loved have always made all of their music available, whether it's a B-side or a live mm. recording in a studio or demos or whatever, what have you, any original material that was ever recorded somewhere, they have put out in some format or another. And I think we decided... By the time it's all said and done, anything we've ever done, anything we've ever recorded that's at least somewhat listenable mm-hmm. is going to see the light of day. Right. And so this is essentially kind of the last of it. Right. And saying, this is it. We've done, you've heard everything now. Yeah. But there's no plans in the future for new music? We have actually recorded a song. Yeah. Um, well, because there is I, a new song on here, right? Like the one the one you released, is that a, is that a new song with Agent M? No, so technically it's not a new song. It was recorded in 06, but okay. Agent M actually recently sung the backup vocals for it. So oh, her okay. vocals are from whenever it was last year or two years ago. Right, gotcha. Okay. So it's got a new fresh take on it from her and she's fantastic, Yeah. but it is technically an, o, an 06 song. Yeah. And so you were saying you do have something recorded or yeah, working on something? We, we just finished recording a song. Um, I don't know exactly what we're going to do with it. I almost think we just did it just to like say, like, do, can we still do this? Like, right. Can we yeah. write a song? <laughs> um, so it's definitely, it's, it's on the table. Like, I mean, yeah. I, think, I think our guitarist lives in Oregon, so there's obviously there's some issues with just all that. But yeah, yeah I think it's on the table for us to record music. Well, I mean, Why not? You- you just said like the punk thing, the indie thing, whatever. You, eventually, all it's got it's got to all be out there. So if you've recorded another song, that means it's got. It's to going out to get out there. Yes, technically, if I am <laughs> staying true to my word, yeah. then it will see the light of day. So That's yes, awesome. it will see the light of day. Well, there you go. Thanks, thanks for doing this, man. I'm glad that we could uh, find a time and that you were yeah, flexible cool, enough to bounce around with me a little bit. But uh, this was a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun kind of discovering a new band to me that's been around for a while. So. Um, that's that's always fun and uh i got i appreciate being able to do this i appreciate you man thank you very much 